Just want to remind you of a couple things. First of all, if you're here today and you uh, are new with us, or you just need to get some information to us, we have a Connect card. Uh, If you'd like to use the Connect card, there should be right in front of you, and you can let us know anything you need to let us know. It says prayer, celebrations, comments, Uh, how can we pray for you, how can we help you. If you're new here, how can we get you more information about the church? So those are available. Also, we have Bibles underneath the chairs. Uh, They are yours to use or yours to take, or both. I mean, you can use them now, take them with you, and uh, we'll keep restocking them. So we just want to make sure you're aware of that. Another uh, piece of information I just wanted to share, you heard today someone, uh, uh, Pastor Jordan was talking about during the service, somebody came out and spoke in tongues, and then somebody uh, responded in tongues. That's from 1 Corinthians 14. It talks about tongues and interpretation of tongues, and so what we do in a service, if you've never been in a Pentecostal service, is we stop and we wait for the interpretation. There is no, where there should, you may have gone to a service before, I've been to these services where everybody's jabbering in tongues at full volume. That's not what God intended. God intended it to be orderly. And so we wait and we wait for the interpretation. Then later on you heard somebody call out something out without a tongue. It was just a straight word that came from it. And that word came out, and that was a gift of prophecy, which is also talked about in 1 Corinthians 14. A gift of prophecy does not have the tongues before that, but it is God speaking through somebody to encourage and lift up the congregation. So it's just a word of encouragement from God. He intended the spiritual gifts to be in use in churches, and uh, we don't want to limit what God wants to do in our church. And so um, there are some churches that don't want these to happen, We want them to happen in our church. We want to see God speak and say what he wants to say during our service. Last week we talked about uh, Jesus kind of straightening out his disciples, asking them who he was or who they thought that he was. And they said, who do you say that I am? And they said, and Peter came up with he was the Christ. Then, of course, shortly after that he was rebuked. uh, or Peter was rebuked. Well, Jesus, Peter tried to rebuke Jesus, which is not a good idea. And then Peter was rebuked by Jesus and said, get behind me, Satan, which is not what you want to hear from Jesus. Uh, you don't want to hear that word from Jesus ever. Because what would happen is Jesus had talked about the fact that he was going to go through a time of suffering. He was going to go through a time of degradation. You see, in the Old Testament understanding and and the kind of the understanding that rose up from the Old Testament documents, the Messiah was going to come. And we talked about last week, I read you that passage, where the Messiah comes, and he, he's going to come in, he's going to knock out the Romans, he's going to take all these Gentiles out, he's going to do all these mighty works, it's going, to be the, it's going to be the greatest thing that ever happens. It's kind of the climax to a movie where you see the good guys come in and finally take the bad guys out. We've all been waiting for it. We're like, oh, it looks terrible. Oh, thank God, here's the good guys are coming in. That's the Messiah. And Jesus tells them that it's not going to be the way you think it is. Yes, the Messiah is going to win. Yes, the Messiah is going to save the day, but the Messiah is going to save the day, Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of Man, by suffering and dying and then rising from the dead. Now this doesn't fit. First of all, suffering and dying, when we think of those terms, suffering and dying means dying. 
and then rising from the dead. Okay, if your best plan is we're all going to get killed and then rise from the dead. If somebody told you that plan, you're going to say, we need a second plan. Because people don't rise from the dead. I think we're pretty aware of that. Okay, I mean, I know a lot of people are scared to go through cemeteries. Uh, it's kind of one of those spooky things to do. Uh, because, you know, there's all these stories and things like that. But people that are dead stay dead. And so he is saying, I will be glorified. Things will be better. But before that happens, there's going to be troubles ahead. So I want to talk to us today about the troubles that are ahead. And the hope that we have in the troubles. Now, earlier Ken was talking when he was praying. I heard him pray for people that are going through times of trouble. Obviously, we have not reached the climax of what's going to happen. Obviously, the Messiah, although Jesus came, he died, he rose again, there is no, the times of trouble are still around us. If we went around, I, I thought about this every week, if we just went around and asked people what was going on in their lives, what trouble, or maybe it's their family or things like that, all of us are going through certain hardships, whether it's financial or emotional or physical or or, you know, family, any, we have troubles. Or those around us, maybe it's somebody that we care for greatly is going through troubles. And we need hope. Now, the people that, he are, that Jesus is talking to right here, just so you know what's about to happen to them. There are 12 disciples. One of them is going to be Judas. And Judas is going to hang himself because he's going to betray. The other 10 of them are going to be tortured and killed for their faith in horrible ways, including Peter, um, according to church history, was hung upside down on a cross and crucified upside down. Okay? Only John lived his whole life, and he was put on an island by himself. So they're going to go through some difficult times. They're going to go through some times that are of trouble. And what hope do they have for this time of trouble? So, Jesus ended in, in uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 1. He said, some of you will see the glory of the Son of God. You'll see the fact that all of this will come together. And he's talking about the fact of, first of all, he's talking about what we're talking about today, but he's also talking about the resurrection, that they're going to see the resurrection. Because once you see Jesus rise from the dead, don't you kind of get the feeling anything's possible? That encouragement. The reason that Easter is such a big deal within the Christian church, I'm a big Christ, Easter first, Christmas way second. And I know that's kind of contradictory to our world, but Easter is when Jesus rose from the dead. We have hope from that. Now, Jesus coming to earth, yes. But Easter, without Easter, it's for naught. And so, um, but one of the events, there's a, and we're going to read through uh, Mark chapter 9. We're going to see what's called the transfiguration. And this is going to be one of the things that's going to give them hope for the troubles ahead. And it's also going to give us a pattern of what God does in our lives. So if you look at Mark chapter 9, starting with verse 2. It said, After six days, Jesus took, him, took with him Peter, James, and John and led, them up to, led up, up a high mountain by themselves. And he transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. 
Okay, so you're with Jesus. You've been told to follow Jesus. And you just were told by Jesus, I'm about to suffer and die. And Peter, remember, takes Jesus aside and says, you got this all wrong. You've got this all wrong. You don't understand. As a Christian, and I'm putting it in our modern terms, you'll hear people say, and most sermons are, you're here to be blessed by Jesus. You're here to be blessed, and everything is going to be great. Everything in your life is going to be wonderful. And if it's not, it's because you're not believing enough in Jesus, because everything's a blessing. Well, Jesus just said, I'm going to suffer and die, and guess what? You're going to go through a time of suffering too. And that life is not going to be the way that it is. And so they're depressed a little bit right now. So Jesus brings them up, and he knows they need an uplifting. Okay? They need an uplifting. And so just so you know, even though that we do struggle in this life, God wants to give us times of uplifting. God wants to show us his glory. He wants to put us in situations where we're, maybe it's a service that we're at, maybe it's a prayer meeting, maybe it's just coming to church every Sunday and being surrounded, where we feel the power of God around us. And we go out into our time in this world and we feel so apart from God the reason he wants us to gather together, he, the reason he wants us to seek after his name, because he wants to do great and mighty things to give us hope to get through the tough times. So here he is, he brings him up into a high mountain, and what does Jesus do? He shows them who he really is. It says he was transfigured before them. It means that Jesus changed in front of them and became, his whole body changed. He became the image of what they thought a Messiah should look like. And even more. It says his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. I love this term right here. In other words, there's no laundry person anywhere that could get this this white. And you say, well, why does Mark say it that way? He says, because we have no explanation of what they saw. I mean, sparkling clothes, intensely white, um, radiant, everything is shining. And it's beyond any understanding that we have on this earth. And if you've ever been in a situation where you've just, maybe it's the time you were saved. Maybe it's a time where you made a commitment close to God. Maybe it's a time after intense prayer where you just feel the presence of God so close to you. God wants to have that happen in your life. God wants to take you to these high places. God wants to move you. He knew that Peter, James, and John needed this because they're the leaders of the disciples. Don't think that because Jesus said there's going to be hard times that he also leaves you kind of separate, leaves you out. And, and then, to make it better, he brings them, the two heroes of the faith of the Old Testament, he brings Elijah and Moses were there and they're talking with Jesus. Okay, everybody here has some heroes that they'd like to meet. Okay? Maybe you say, I'd like to meet this person, or I'd like to meet this hero who was well before I was ever born. I mean, for me, it'd be great to meet Abraham Lincoln. Okay? So if Abraham Lincoln was all, all of a sudden sitting in front of me, I would find that pretty cool. Okay? Also a little scary. Just want to know, because Abraham Lincoln's dead. All right? I'm pretty I'm sure of that. But here it is. Jesus, who can't rise from the dead, but what else can't happen? Elijah and Moses can't reappear, right? They're dead also. 
So he's showing them, this is who I am. And he's talking to Elijah and Moses. And they were talking with Jesus, and they come up to Jesus, and they kind of just start talking. And you know what they said? We have no idea. Sorry, I don't have any secret words for you here. I'd love to know. I'd love to, I mean, you always want to say fly on the wall? Who wouldn't want to be hearing that? You know, they're going up to talk to the Son of God. They're like, oh, Jesus, wow, you're awesome. You know, it's just like, Jesus, hey, good to see you guys. How's heaven going? Good, good. Everybody doing all right? You know, I don't know what they're saying. (laughs) But the fact that they're there, and this also tells me, this is one of the factors that Jesus is, that God is always good about. He presents himself to people in terminology that they understand. One of the things we always have to understand about Jesus, if we're trying to minister to a Muslim people, understand that Jesus is going to appear to them in a way that a Muslim can understand. I've heard story after story from my friends who minister to Muslims, where Jesus has appeared to Muslim people and said, I am Jesus, the one you've heard about, but here's who I really am. Why does Jesus have to do that? Because he cares enough about people to go the extra mile. He brings Elijah and Moses here because if you're a Jew at this time, what have you heard about? The law of Moses, the greatest prophet ever, Moses. And who's Elijah? They've been waiting for Elijah to come because Elijah is the one who brings on the time of the Messiah. So Jesus says, I'm going to speak to you in your terms. I'm going to speak to you in such a way that you're going to understand. And we can understand this today. God is going to minister to us in a way that's not so obscure, that's not beyond who, what we understand. He can speak northern Minnesotan, okay? He can speak, or as I call it, sub-Canadian. He can speak sub-Canadian. My friends, when I was in Kentucky doing my doctoral work, they loved to tease me about my accent. I said, you're in Kentucky. You're talking to me about an accent? But anyways, you know, it's, but they would all say, you sound like a Canadian, I had one Canadian with me. He goes, hey, you sound like one of us, hey? I'm like, yeah, be careful. <laughs> but Jesus would come, and he would speak to us, and he would not speak to us in a language we don't understand. He would come to us, and this radiance and everything that's here on the whiteness and the clothes, that's all from the Old Testament. That's all from where they've been raised. He would come and speak to us in a way that we understand. And I think that's important. Why do we have children's ministry in this church? Why do we have youth ministry in this church? I'm going to give a, 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 a little uh, advertisement for that. On Wednesday night, or Sunday morning, when we do children's ministry, we, att- we want to speak to children in a way that children understand. Okay? We don't use the word transfiguration with our preschoolers. Everybody say transfiguration. <laughs> Never going to work. Okay? So your kids come, that we are in trance, maybe, you know, I don't know what we're there. Okay, we teach to people where they are because that's the way Jesus does. We're supposed to bring the gospel to people in the language they understand. I think of, of Paul going to the Athenians and speaking to them in their own philosophical understanding. Empowered by God to do that. We're supposed to speak to our neighbors. It's okay to be a part of this community. It's okay to be a part of what's going on. And so, 
Elijah and Moses, what do they represent? Elijah represents the one who's supposed to come before Jesus or before the Messiah. And Moses, in, in Deuteronomy, it says, there will come a prophet greater than Moses. And by Moses talking to Jesus, he is saying, guess what? Elijah and Moses are both saying, it's this guy. You've been waiting for Elijah and Moses to tell you somebody greater than me? Yeah, that's him. Okay? That's this guy. So they get that word. And Peter, probably one of my favorite guys in the Bible, just because Peter, there are certain people in the Bible that are good for giving us examples of things that are good. But without Peter, we would not learn a lot of things because he messes up so often. And Jesus has to fix what he does so often, which allows us to really understand what we're not supposed to do. So Peter, when we get to heaven, you should shake his hand. Thank you for all the things you did. Thank you for trying to rebuke Jesus. Thank you for denying him three times. Thank you for this and that and this and that. Because without that, we never would understand. It's kind of like the, first, the Corinthian church. I mean, look at your New Testament. I mean, there's two huge books written to the Corinthian church. You know why it's written to the Corinthian church? Because they're really messed up. And we learn so much about them being messed up. But we learn all these things because of it. So, a little sidelight there. Okay, that was free. And so Peter says, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. So, but if you keep going in verse 6, for he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Okay, yeah, Jesus is glowing, all right, and now Elijah and Moses are here, so Peter decides that he's going to have to do something to help, because he's Peter, okay? Peter is the guy who took Jesus aside to fix him. Now he's going to try to make tents for Elijah, Moses, and Jesus, there's a couple things we can learn from this. First of all, if we don't know what to do, ask Jesus. Don't just wing it. Okay? Because what we really think he was trying to do is he wanted to stay there forever. I think the best understanding that I read when I went through this is he wanted to say, let's never leave here. Have you ever been in a place where maybe it's, you're surrounded by family, you're surrounded by friends, you're surrounded by, um, by uh, the glory of God. I think of when I used to go to camp, okay? When I was a kid or even now as I go as an adult. When I'm at camp, I never wanted to attend. All right? When I came home from camp, all of a sudden I had to be around the friends that would taunt me because I was a Christian. When I was at camp, there were people there that were saved. We would spend three hours at a church service, an hour and a half praying after the service, and I'll be excited and never want to go to bed. And there were girls that actually were Christians, which was exciting for a 17-year-old boy, okay? <laughs> and, but just the whole, but, and there were, I mean, just say, and there were guys that were, my, some of my best friends, my wife teases me, I have the same friends I had when I was 15, you know where we met? At the church camp, praying at the altar. You know why they're still close to me? Because we met at the church camp praying at the altar. And we didn't want it to end. The saddest day was the day that it was over. It was sad. 
We wanted to say, why can't we just do this all the time? Why do we have to go back to our schools? Why do we have to go back to where it's hard? Why can't we just stay here? I think there's a little bit of Peter in this. A little bit of Peter in all of us. But we just want to stay where it's easy. We want to stay where we don't have to be pushed. But God is saying to them, but nope, this isn't the spot. And it's also saying, don't do something because you're terrified. But he's going he's gonna to try to, and it also tells us that Peter just doesn't understand what's going on. Because Peter just doesn't understand a lot. All right, so then what happens, as they are there, they've seen this all happen, a cloud overshadows them, and a voice came out of the cloud, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Okay, earlier we had the baptism of Jesus, and a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. But who did that voice talk to? Only to Jesus. Nobody else heard it. Okay, so they needed... They're about to go through a tough time. They needed to know that they are on the right path. So they're seeing Elijah and Moses really good. When you need references and you say, I heard Elijah and Moses tell me, really good references if you're a Jewish person. And then I saw Jesus glowing with a bleach, something better than any bleach we've ever used. All right, I saw him transfigured. And then a cloud comes. And what is the cloud imagery? From the Old Testament, the Exodus, when, when, he would go up, when Moses would go up to Mount Sinai, the cloud would come down, and out of the cloud, there's a voice that says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. So you just got the best endorsement that you need right now. You just received a word from God from heaven. And the, it, very clear, um, in the term, this is my son. You know what the word son means in, in, a, in a Jewish understanding? This is the man who is equal to God. He is saying, this is God himself on earth. Listen to him. He's about to tell you some things that you're not going to want to hear. He's about to say that this, he already told you to give up your life to save it. That doesn't make any sense. He's going to tell you that there's going to be suffering on this world, but it's worth it. He's going to tell you that there's a resurrection, there's a hope after this. They needed this time so that they would have the hope to carry on to the future. And suddenly then, looking around, it says in verse 8, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to not tell anyone what they had seen until the Son and Man had risen from the dead. So what effect did this have on them? What effect did this have on them? If you look at 2 Peter, where Peter is writing, and if you read First and 2 Peter, I've did a, I preached through these two books. One of the major themes about First and 2 Peter is suffering for Jesus. And you know what Peter kind of hits in 2 Peter? He says this, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths, when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him, the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very, this vo- very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. This is the man in a few years who is about to be hung upside down and crucified. 
This is the man who is teaching people now, you're going to have to struggle and suffer, and it's worth it for Jesus. But he heard the direction directly from Jesus, and it carried him through, and it can carry us through too. God is here to make himself real for us. Not so we get the emotional charge and we get the, the in a Pentecostal circle, um, people like to talk about getting the Holy Ghost. I can't remember the right word for it. Holy Ghost, good times. I and mean, there's a term for all of it. Where we get kind of a, ooh, we're feeling good. We're dancing around, you know. We got that little thing. That's okay. But God wants to prepare us for the tough times. He wants to give us the sense of his spirit so that we can go through the tough times and the hard times. Peter is about to be tortured for his faith, but he says, I heard from God, it's going to be okay. And not only that, I tell you the truth, it's going to be okay for you. So we come to God for that. So as they're coming down the mountain, he char- as they're coming down, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Now here's a shocker. Every time that Jesus told people that before this, what, is it, what has happened? Totally ignored him. Okay? Verse 10. So they kept the matter to themselves. Wow. Questioning what this rising from the dead might mean. In other words, they're like, okay, we saw Elijah. We saw Moses. We saw Jesus glowing, transfigured. We saw a cloud. We heard the voice of God come from the cloud. Let's not. Okay, we won't say anything about this. First of all, how do you describe that to somebody? The term that Mark uses here to describe it is you can't bleach something that well with bleach. It's like an ad for a bleach company. Okay? He doesn't even know how to explain that. Jesus is glowing. He's white. He's transformed. He's this. There's Elijah and Moses. We don't even know what they're saying. It's I don't even know. I mean, you may tell somebody this, but they're going to think you're crazy. But he says, wait till I was raised from the dead, and then you can tell them. And they ask him, why did the, verse 11, they go on, they ask him, why did the scribes say for, that first Elijah must come? And he said to them, Elijah did, does come first to restore all things, and how it is written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt. But I tell you, Elijah has come, and the di- they did to him whatever they please, as it is written of them. So right here, he explains to them. You've, he said, we've been raised, the scribes. The scribes are the people that are teachers. They've been telling us all along, and we've been waiting for Elijah. Now, they just saw Elijah up, in, up on that mountain. They said, Elijah's supposed to come to earth, according to Malachi, and the scribes tell us he's supposed to prepare the way of the Lord. He's supposed to preach, and he says, Elijah already came, and they treated him how they pleased. Now the book of Matthew is going to tell us that Elijah is John the Baptist. And that John the Baptist came, and he preached repentance, and the world turned their back on him. And as is written to you, and I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did to him whatever is pleased, as it is written of him. And what he is saying is, Just like Elijah was mistreated and you thought he wasn't going to be mistreated, understand that I'm going to be mistreated and you're going to be mistreated and you're going to, but you're going to be okay. And so the last question here is, explain to us about the Elijah thing. Explain to us. And he tells them, it's not the way you think it's going to be, but it's going to be okay. 
So Jesus is also ready to answer our questions and ready to help us understand things that we don't understand. I think this is the last point that he wants us to understand. Is we have heard that this is the way it's supposed to be. You may have been raised in a congregation where you were told, hey, you know what? I was told that if you pray enough, you never get sick. And Jesus is here to say, look in the scripture, that's not the way that it is. I was raised in a congregation that said the spiritual gifts are not for today. And he's saying, look in the scripture and I will help you understand that they are for today. I was, I was under the understanding that Jesus didn't care about me. Have you ever heard um, the, the great biblical saying, God helps those who help themselves? That God's just up in heaven and he just doesn't really care about our lives? Again, Jesus' answer to that is, you understood it a little bit, but let me tell you about the God who loves you so much and wants to take care of you. So we have enough of the truth. Um, they brought up what the scribes are saying. Jesus says, yes, it does say in the Bible this, but you need to understand the full truth of the Bible. And Jesus is there to help us understand. Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, he says that he will help us understand the things that were written in the Scripture. He will help us to understand the things that we may be struggling with and lets us know that we can uh, follow through after him. And so they didn't understand this whole thing about Elijah. And they didn't understand that Elijah had to suffer. They thought again, Elijah was going to come down, prepare the way. The Messiah was going to come down second, get ready, knock the Romans all around, and all of a sudden the kingdom would happen. And he's saying, trust me. And after seeing what God did right here, Peter trusted him, John trusted him, James trusted him, and it rolled on from there. And today, millions and millions and millions of people have trusted in Jesus not because it's all going to be roses and wonderful. Not because the Messiah is going to show up and just make it all the way we want it to be. But because he is the truth, he is the one that God said to listen to, and he is the one that has the hope for all of us today. Why don't you stand with me right now? If our prayer ministers could come forward, we never want to end any service we want to have multiple opportunities for you to pray with somebody. If you are here today, we believe in a God. We believe in the Son of God because God in heaven, the Father, told Peter, James, and John, believe in, this, believe in the Son of God and listen to him. And you know what Jesus says to us? And we can listen to him? You have heavy burdens. Take your heavy burdens, lay them at my feet. And let me take care of them. Does that sound like a God who doesn't care? Does that sound like a God who doesn't want us to pray? So if you're here today, take advantage of the opportunity to pray for one another. Take advantage of the opportunity to have one of our prayer ministers come and pray with you. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you've never made him the master of your Savior, you've never had your sins forgiven by him. He died on the cross, he suffered and died, and he rose again so that you don't have to bear the guilt of your sin. When you get to heaven and you are before the righteous judge and God looks at you, all he's going to see if you've accepted his son is he's going to see the son of God and the, the sacrifice that he made for you and you're going to be forgiven because of that. What a wonderful thing that we have. And you have hope in this life because eternal life begins now. We have hope for the future, hope for times of suffering, 
hopes for difficult times, no matter what happens in this world, we have Jesus on our side. But for everybody who's here, I want you to bring this. I want you to bring this out into our world. There are tough times ahead for the apostles here. The disciples are going to go through some of the nastiest stuff. The early church is going to be tortured for this, their faith. What, I mean, we have stories. I, I don't want to share them. We don't know exactly what happened. But these men were not just simply killed. They were tortured, torn apart for their faith. Read Hebrews, where it talks about people being sawed in two for their faith. But they held on to it because they had the hope of glory. They had the hope. So if you're going through a tough time today, God wants you to see Jesus glorified. Jesus glorified in your life. And God wants to reveal himself to you. Not always to take you out of the suffering. Because he knows he didn't just say to the disciples, okay, you're okay with suffering. I'm going to make it easy for you the rest of the way. No. He said, I'm going to show you my glory, but I'm going to take you through the suffering. I'm going to take you through the suffering. And Paul, who later is going to say, the suffering of this world is so little compared to the glory that is revealed when we're in heaven. The wonderful things that God has in store for those who love him. So God is there for you today if you are suffering. God is there for you if you are struggling. God is there for you if you are really hurting. But know the fact that he will take you through any suffering. It may be healing. It may be a great transformation, a big faith-building healing. It may be just taking you through the time of suffering. But know that he is with you always. And he is the one that Elijah and Moses have to kneel down to. He is the one that no one is above. He is the God above any force in this world. Trust in Jesus today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you today for your blessing. I thank you, God, that you revealed yourself in such a way that James and John and Peter could understand, God. But I also thank you, God, that you you reveal yourself to us. You reveal yourself through your word. You reveal yourself through uh, working in the spiritual gifts within our, in our midst, God. You reveal yourself through healings. You reveal yourself through times that we feel like we're in the throne room of God. You bring us there. But God, even when we feel like we're just struggling, we know that you are with us always. Let us remember the glory of who you are. Let us never forget that you are with us and will never leave us or forsake us. And God, if this life does not turn out the way that we want it to, God, Let us always know that you are doing great things in our life. You are doing great and miraculous things through us. And God, you also have a great hope of heaven for us in the future. And we just thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have our prayer ministers available. If you need someone to pray with you, make sure you take advantage of that.